0: Hey, it's JJ Virgin, and welcome to the JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show, where I give you the latest cutting-edge intel to help you look, feel, and think better. I have a returning guest today, someone who I totally adore. He is, uh, gosh, just great on so many levels. And if you haven't heard him before, you're going to probably fall in love with him Um, on this show, he is talking about a subject that you might go, JJ, what has this got to do with health? And you're going to see that it actually has everything to do with health. And it's going to show you how to have better relationships with the men in your life. If you're a man, how to have a way better relationship with yourself and others, but also how this impacts the choices you make in terms of healthy choices in your life. And, you know, Tony Robbins says that mindset's 80% of, of life and strategy's 20%. I'm thinking it's more like 95%. So this is super key. So today we are talking to Lewis Howes and I've had him on the show before Absolutely love this guy. He's a New York Times bestselling author, high performance business coach, and keynote speaker. He hosts a top 100 iTunes ranked podcast, The School of Greatness. It's awesome, by the way. I've had the good fortune to be on it, and he is amazing. You've got to dial into this. We'll put it in the show notes. He's had over 5 million downloads and 500 episodes. Oh my gosh, my hero. He's also a contributing writer for Entrepreneur and he's been featured on Ellen, the Today Show, the New York Times, People, Forbes, and a bunch of other media. And he's here with us today to talk about his new book. This is, you know, it's It's so weird that you find something where it's like brand new, mind-blowing information, but you're going to get it here with this new book, The Mask of Masculinity. And so I'm super excited to have my buddy, Lewis Howes, with us today. All right, let's do it. Welcome back to the show, Lewis Howes. It's so good to have you Uh,
1: back. I appreciate it, JJ. Thank you so much.
0: Well, this is an interesting topic for my audience, and I am super excited about this book that you've written here, The Mask of Masculinity. Thank you. What, uh, what made you do this? Ooh, lots of pain
1: and suffering that I was facing as a man and, uh, re- and didn't know um, how to get out of it. I constantly felt like this anxiety, this uh, comparison, this uh, lack of inner peace, and I just thought that was the way of life. And I thought that I needed to achieve more, make more, you know, get more girls, all these things in order to improve my self-worth. And what I realized that none of it made me happy. And that I had to put my self-worth actually in my self-worth, not on other things. Um, And I realized that a lot of other men who grew up like me were suffering as well. And who weren't, they weren't opening up and expressing themselves or having just normal intimate conversations where they shared their fears, their insecurities um, and other things that they were afraid of. 50% of men don't feel like they have a good guy friend, one good guy friend that they can open up to. And you know, as uh, generally as women, you see women getting together every day, talking about their fears, their insecurities what they're going through. And for men, at least the men that I've grown up with and kind of the men that I've been around in my life, it was never acceptable to to show that you had a weakness or to show that you were afraid or to show that you had uh, insecurities because it looked as weak or less than a man. And um, heaven forbid, you have some fears or insecurities that you want to talk about. So for 25 years, I pretty much never opened up about the things I was afraid of, insecure about. And I suffered. I would suffer in the fetal position, literally in my bed many, many nights because I didn't know how to communicate it to anyone else. And so I would just be alone suffering. And it wasn't until four years ago, I started to finally open up about just everything I was afraid of my whole life, everything I was insecure about. I got in a really bad fight, a physical fist fight on a basketball court actually As I was going through a toxic breakup for eight months, I didn't know how to get out of this relationship. I didn't have the emotional communication skills to really say the things I wanted to say and to leave. And um, I used that kind of aggression, the things I was angry with about the relationship. I didn't take it out on her, but I took it out on other guys in the world. And it was like, I was always looking for a fight. I just, anyone looked at me the weird way. I just wanted to fight them. Right? <laughs> and um, yeah. cause I would never hit a girl, but I will, you know, take it out and uh, punch a wall or hurt myself or hurt someone else. And um again, I just, I just thought that was the way life was. I thought this, that's how I was and it wasn't going to change. I didn't know there was another way. And
0: you know, Lewis, it's breaking my heart to hear this because I just wonder how Many more men are out there like this. And, you know, I have two boys. Mm-hmm. They're 20 and 21. And I have really worked with them to make it okay that you don't have to be strong and, you know, never cry. That's good. You're a great mom. It, it was so cool. You know, just just at my wedding, Bryce, my 20-year-old, was getting ready to walk me out. And he looked at me and he goes, I just love you so much. Wow. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it together. And, and literally, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he is just the sweetest guy. And he, and he sat down, he walked me down the aisle and our buddy, Dave Asprey is like, you know, my family walked my mom down the aisle. So he literally, he was like curled up almost in a fetal position with Dave, Um, you know, going through this. It was so great to see that he had a role model of Dave, who's absolutely willing to be vulnerable as we both know. And, uh, gosh, I'm hearing this going, this is so big and it's big for us women too, to create a safe place for our men in our lives, whether they're our friends or our husbands. Cause you're right. So many men can't talk to other men about these issues. They have these superficial relationships, right? Um, but I've always had a lot of guy friends and you know, this is a great thing for us to be able to support them through and create the safe place where no one's going to judge them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, a few years ago after this fight and after this toxic breakup and just a lot was not working in my life, you know, where I thought I was in the top of the world, I made a lot of money, sold a business, you know, had this hot girlfriend, you know, all these things looked like they were working well, but I didn't know why I was suffering it and internalizing it with this unfulfillment and just, just constant pressure. It was like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I'm not sure if you could ever relate to that, but just like all this pressure. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, (laughs) Uh it was like, you know, my chest was tight. I was heart palpitating. It felt like every other day, just because I didn't know how to emotionally let go in a healthy way. I could let it go through working out and punching things and playing basketball and screaming at people and being aggressive. But that's the only way I knew how to get these emotions out. And so, I started to do some, some work, some emotional intelligence work. I went to therapists I went, hired coaches. I was like, for the first time in my life, I was open to feedback. I was open to people giving me suggestions. Now before I had to wear the mask that I knew everything that I knew the answers that I didn't need help. You know, again, kind of that role of the, uh, the lone wolf. I felt like no one could give me anything. And, um, so much opened up for me when I finally allowed myself to to get feedback from what was working in my life and what wasn't working in my life and how to improve. And um, that's when I finally started to open up about, you know, being sexually abused as a kid about, you know, my brother was in prison for four and a half years. My three older siblings all attempted to commit suicide when I was younger because they were going through a lot of stuff because my parents were constantly fighting and you know similar stuff that a lot of kids went through with their you know parents struggling and going through divorce but um you know there's not many other guys that i knew growing up with who talked about being sexually abused in fact i never heard of another guy talking about it so for me i never felt like it was okay to share with anyone because it wasn't acceptable it was be, it was less than a man you were you know an abused girl essentially Is what the uh, the idea was. You were less than a man if you were sexually abused.
0: Yeah, it's bad enough for a woman, but as a guy, right? and so you know, probably your parents said not to talk about it. My parents didn't know. Mm. I didn't
1: tell anyone because I was so ashamed and embarrassed, and no one knew for twenty five years. And you know, I wish I would have told my parents because I probably would have been able to heal a lot better. I wish I would have told my family, but I was so ashamed and embarrassed that this had happened to me, and. I was already trying to fit in as a kid growing up. I was already trying to be just accepted by my classmates and my teammates that that was challenging enough, just trying to be a, a you know, a, a teenager. Um, and it wasn't until I finally started to open up about these things four 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 and a half years ago that it was like the weight finally started to come off my shoulders where I allowed people to see me for the things I've been through, for who I am, what I'm afraid of. And I didn't try. I didn't have to have it all put together all the time anymore. And
0: and what happened yeah. when that ha- when you did that? Oh, uh,
1: I mean, well, first it was I was terrified to talk about it, and really scared that no one was going to kind of accept me or like me, or things were going to change with my relationships. But it was almost the opposite. It was like people started telling me how much they trusted me more, how much they really appreciated me for for opening up. You know, when I, I actually did a uh, you know, a podcast about this on my podcast four years ago. And it was the most downloaded episode and hundreds of essays of men were writing me afterwards saying, thank you so much for giving me permission to to share because I've never told anyone. And my wife of 25 years doesn't know, and this person doesn't know, and all these things. I was like, wow, a lot of men don't open up about us or tell anyone. And it blew my mind. I was like, There is something wrong here that we've been conditioned as men to not open up in general, to not communicate, to not express in a healthy way what we're going through. And I remember as a kid, JJ, I I cried probably more than any other girl when I was like four to eight years old. I cried all the time when I was scared, when I hit myself, when I would fall and scrape my knees, I would scream bloody murder in the middle of the night because I was so afraid Sleeping alone, I'd scream for my mom, and she would come and, and sleep next to me and sing lullabies to me. I was super emotional and sensitive and expressive as a kid. And then, you know, when kids start to slam you in lockers for expressing yourself, or they start to call you fag or gay or little girl or whatever, you just want to fit in. So you say, okay, I can't do these things anymore. Otherwise, the other kids in class aren't going to be my friend so i'm going to start acting like them or making fun of other kids or bullying other people with them or whatever it is just so i don't get bullied and that was kind of like the you know survival defense mechanism that myself and a lot of guys face that continues to be a pattern in their 20s and in their 30s and it's hard to break that pattern until you have some type of catalyst or you're willing to look at it and for me that was the catalyst for me. It was that fight and that toxic relationship.
0: Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm thinking now because, um, my husband it feels so strange to say that, uh, <laughs> went through something very similar where he lost his dad at, at 10 or eight years old. Um, knew, yeah, it was horrible. And then he lost his mom died of ALS over the year when he was 16. He was only the, the only kid left in the house Um, then he was in a super toxic marriage, just abusive, emotionally abusive and, um, kept all of it in until he finally just left. And then that was that catalyst. And I remember when I first met him, it was like the first, you know, second week we were dating, like maybe our fifth date. And he sat and I, we were in Austin at the JW Marriott at the fire. I remember this clearly. And he started to cry. Wow. And tell me about what had really happened, and I thought, "I love this man., wow. you know? <laughs> like, I love this man. I will do, you know, anything for this right. man. he is. And it didn't make me think he was weak. I realized that this is the strongest kindest best man he'd done his work he'd gone through all that pain and you know you look at and go gosh if only you know he, he chose those toxic relationships because of the pain he was in and and i shared something with you earlier today we were chatting offline that i'd love to bring up because you look at this and you know as we is as, as you said earlier of course emotional health and physical health are compl- you know are Tied together, you can't separate them. But you look at this, and you might just think this is about emotional health. But I'd forward you that article that I went, oh my gosh, this goes so much further um, because it can affect your physical health by this need to be to to look very masculine Absolutely. and make these family decisions. Let's like let's talk about that because it yeah. was so crazy. Just I saw it this weekend when my husband was at a frat football play football thing and he got crap for ordering quinoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, like the the football, booze and and, uh, barbecue, right? It's kind of like the manly way. It's like, let's see how much meat we can process meat. Oh, yeah.
0: They were having beer and sausage and you know, Mexican food at 2 a.m., and he sipped on a tequila mm. and, uh, you know, had a bunch of water and had a quinoa and veggie bowl and got just, exactly. you can imagine, riffing. I mean, a- I mean, after
1: football practice, we would go, literally in college, and we would go to Chipotle, and we would, or, we would see who could eat the most, right? First off, it's an, always a contest. So it's an eating contest where… You know, when you look at the, uh, the, the hot dog eating contest in Coney Island, it's like 90% of the contestants are men who are competing. It's another way to put on a mask, the athlete mask, the need to, to win, to look good, all these things. We would go after practice, and we would get two double meat uh, uh, burritos with double wraps. And we would eat both of these burritos and be like, who's going to finish it first? Not only... Who's going to finish it first? Who's going to finish the most first? And so it's just like you compound that over time and it starts to have negative results, like you said. So that's like a masculine way as opposed to eating the salad and chicken, you know, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you, <laughs> what if you'd sat down with your buddies and said, you know, I'm going to have the salad with the chicken and the fajita vegetables with the little guac? What, what would have happened?
1: You would be made fun of. You'd be picked on. You'd be like the little girl. What are you, a little girl? You eat like a girl, whatever it is. And this is why a lot of men drink alcohol. Again, I'm not saying alcohol is a bad thing or a good thing. I've never been drunk in my life because I just chose to to not consume it because I have other vices where I have lots of sugar and so i was like i'm good there no Luke, don't say that. <laughs> i used to have a lot of sugar <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i went uh i went uh two months off zero uh sugar, zero sugar uh, a few months ago and i lost 10 pounds and i'm like the leanest i've ever been so Yay! i'm very minimal with sugar now which is a huge
0: i feel I know, better because your book is all about that i know
1: things. <laughs> i know um but the thing is You know, alcohol is something that is a competition as well. Again, when you see like the the movies of the frat boys, they're all competing to see how fast someone can drink and how much they can drink. It's the same thing. It's a competition to make you more manly. You're more masculine if you can eat more or drink faster, whatever it may be. And even when I was in college, I committed to myself to my, which is funny, I I made a bet with my siblings that I wasn't going to have a sip of alcohol again, me needing to like prove and win and like uh, look like I was bigger than whatever. And I didn't have a sip during my whole college experience. And as a football player, that's a really challenging thing to do because there are parties every weekend with all the football players and there's tons of alcohol and there's lots of people pressuring you to drink. And it was almost like they didn't know what to do with me because I wouldn't do it. So some people felt uncomfortable, they would make fun of me, all these things. And if I was susceptible to to that pressure with alcohol, I would have probably just drank a lot and been, you know, gotten overweight and been unhealthy as well. So
0: it's still- That was a good bet to make there, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I should have the- done that with sugar. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that one now. <laughs> exactly. Um <laughs> I already made notes on like sending you sugar impact diets, sending <laughs> you some of those shakes and bars. Okay, um, you know, in the book, you have these, all these different masks. And this is, I want to really emphasize this because, you know, I think at first blush, someone would go, oh, okay, I'm going to give this to my husband, my son, my buddy. But I actually think this is a super important book it's for, for women. women to really get, you know, men. Some of the the biggest change in my life really was um, my ex-husband, who was in my wedding, Who comes and hangs out at the house and spends the night? We all do holidays together. You know, my ex husband and my new husband, we're we're all um, an extended family. I'm super proud of that. But that was by really taking the time to understand him better understand his fears, show gratitude and appreciation. I think there's so much here that women can really like deepen their relationship with their husbands and friends and sons with this book. It's so key. So I'd just love to throw out to you as the last question, so we're we're going over time, but I can't help it. Um, what what can women do here to support men with with this, with the, their masks, and really being able to, you know, step out and be more vulnerable and deal with their fears? Well, first, what first
1: is for? understanding which mask the men in your life wear. Whether it's your husband, your boyfriend, your father, your son, your brother, what is the mask that they're wearing? In that moment where you get frustrated with them or you feel like they're disconnected or they're guarded. So being aware of what the masks are and which one they're wearing and then understanding why they're wearing it. So when you understand why, then-
0: Okay, let's go back. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You're breaking up so, right here.
1: Oh, the most important part. Yeah. Okay.
0: So for editor, we're going to go right back to the answer to that question because yep. this is like
1: super important. Sure, sure.
0: Okay. Here
1: we go again. Cool. So the the first thing is to be aware of the mask that the men in your life are wearing, whether it's your, your partner, your intimate partner, your boyfriend, your husband, your father, your brother, your son, a coworker. It's first understanding what is the mask they're wearing when they are disconnected or guarded or defensive or showing zero emotion in a situation. And then understanding why they're wearing it. So why they're wearing it. And we talk about in the book with each mask, why they wear that mask, what something could have happened that was now.
0: And for everybody listening in, you're going in just a little bit. So understanding which mask, one of the things you do is you know grab the book, Mask of Masculinity, and we'll have it in the show notes, how to get that and get some cool stuff with it when you do, as bonuses from Lewis. But um, you'll see all the different masks, understand you know, more about them so you'll be able to identify this. So the first they identify which mask is uh, creating the issue, then what? Yep.
1: And, and, and understand which mask is creating the issue, why that mask creates the issue. So we'll go into the research on on why that mask has affected that person. And then the next thing, which is the hardest, especially if you're in, if you're in an intimate relationship, is – and Maybe they're doing something that's been upsetting you for a long time that you wish they would stop doing is having compassion, is having compassion, not saying it's acceptable, not saying it's okay, but just having an awareness and a compassion around it, that there may be a conditioning that that man in your life has been hardwired to not change out of to protect himself. So just having a sense of...
0: I think that's so key because, you know, it's like that, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know when um, when I decided it was like I was going to do whatever it took to make peace with my ex husband, and we had a very acrimonious divorce. It was like seven years of total hell. Oh man! And um, you know he'd done some really creepy things. I people are like, how could you forgive that? I go I, because. It was because and now I recognize it was because of one of these masks and it wasn't him. It was. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked past that. I had compassion. I forgave him. And that changed everything. So having this ability to understand these masks, to understand what that is. And to have that compassion and support, gosh, it's a game changer for relationships. Game changer. Game changer.
1: And then, you know, the last thing I think is having, there's a lot of steps for women with each mask on what you can take action on once you're aware, you're aware of it. But the the simple overarching uh, example would be to sit down and have a an intimate, vulnerable conversation with the men in your life that you want to have a deeper relationship with. And Share with them that you want to create that safe space create a safe space for men to feel comfortable in opening up and maybe that's you that's you saying once a month I would love to sit down on Sunday afternoon at one pm for thirty minutes and talk about the things that I've been really you know going through personally in you know in my inner world that I haven't shared with you and I would love for you to share with me anything that's upsetting you or maybe you're afraid of or something you're going through as well. For us to have that time where we know once a month or once every few weeks, whatever it may be, starting very small to get him to open up a little bit and creating a space where you will not judge him, you will not make him wrong, and you'll make him feel like you're there to listen and and really acknowledge him for, for taking that step when he does. Because even though it may not seem like a lot to you, if you do that all the time with your girlfriends, for him, he doesn't think that's acceptable. He may not think that's, you know, manly. So you just need to be aware, have that compassion, and then have that acknowledgement when you when you guys have those those moments together.
0: That's fantastic. And I want to remind everybody, we are going to put in the show notes. First of all, you can get the book, of course, on Amazon and all the bookstores, but we've got something special that Lewis has put together when you get the book through his site where you'll get some cool bonuses too. So we'll put all of that in the show notes as well as how to like get a hold of all of your amazing content, podcasts, et cetera. You have a fabulous posca- podcast. I've been fortunate to be a guest it. Yes. on it and gosh, it is, it is world-class. Thank you. So... We'll have all of that in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out today. Yeah. I know you're super busy. I so appreciate okay, it, Louis. This is awesome. So now after the break, I'm going to be answering a listener's questions. So stay with me. Ready to lose fat fast and keep it off forever? Discover the number one resource for fast and lasting fat loss by visiting jjvirgin.com. Access exclusive videos, content-rich blog posts, and lots of free resources to help you lose weight and feel better fast. And be part of a community. Get ready to transform your life one simple shift at a time by visiting www.jjvirgin.com. Welcome back. This is the time of the show where I get to answer a listener's question. And uh, these are super fun because what I do is I have us kind of troll the Facebook and Instagram sites and see what questions have gotten asked during my Facebook lives and on my Instagram posts. So you can either go to JJ Virgin official or JJ Virgin at Instagram, JJ Virgin official at Facebook and um, jump in there and participate in the community. We do a lot of cool, fun stuff, but we also, I also grab questions off there, find things that are relevant to whichever show I'm doing. And I've got a perfect one today. I love it when the universe provides. And it's from Sarah. In Richmond, Virginia, and she says, "JJ, I can't stand the fact that I have to make two meals every night. How do I get my husband to eat healthy and eat what I'm eating?" Okay, like you see why I just simply had to grab this question, Sarah. Thank you for asking that. And um, the study that I was talking about that I read this morning before I got on the the line to record this with Lewis, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it!" Sent it over to him and went, "Lewis, look." And it was really about how men choose foods to be more masculine. And just like you said, with being the athletic mask and wanting to win. And I learned this early on when I was working with kids, because you can't say, oh, you know, honey, I want you to eat that salmon or eat the broccoli because it'll make you healthy. They're like, huh? You know, but if you, especially with boys and Men, You know, this is how I started to work with my boys early on. And then my, you know, young men is um, I presented things in a way that we're going to help them be a better athlete to perform better, to be able to be smarter. So I always put it back to something that was important to them. And so that's how I would present it with him is what's important there is, is he working out at all? Is he tied to anything there that this could help him with? And that's how I've always positioned it. Because just in a vacuum, i are going to be like, eh, you know, now you understand that's tied to eating meat, and potatoes, steak and potatoes and a beer might be very tied to me feeling like a man. Um, so I would recommend grabbing the book. And again, we'll have all the details in the show notes at JJVirgin.com forward slash mask. We'll have all those informations in the in the show notes and you'll be able to get some cool extra stuff when you grab the book. Um but read the athletic mask and I think you'll understand more on how to present this to your husband. And then what you can do of course is just make sure that you're you can always add like I'll make every night I make um a good clean protein some kind of vegetable And a slow low carb. So example might be wild rice, broccoli and wild salmon. I say that as an example because it's like, (laughs) that's like standard fare at my house. And so he will have a bigger serving of wild rice than I do. I have half a cup. He might have a cup and a half. So you can do that as well. You know, make the basic dish and then add a little bit in to help with him. All righty. Hope that helped. Remember, jump on over onto my social accounts leave a question and uh, when they fit in well with the show, we answer them either which way because we're all over our social media, but we'll also throw things up on our, our podcast as well. And by the way, like, thank you so much for being engaged in the podcast. I hugely appreciate it. And one of the things that the whole team appreciates, and this is our gratitude time, is the reviews that you leave. Oh my gosh, first of all, they really help other people uh, make the decision to tune in. I figure if they tune in once, they'll probably tune in again. And so not only are you just giving us an A-plus grade, and we really appreciate it, but you're also helping others. So I'm going to do a little highlight here for shout out to Zora. Ben Hamu from Spain. I'm going to Spain. That's like on my bucket list as one of the next places to go. She says, easy to digest health hacks. I just discovered you, JJ, through Dr. Sarah Gottfried. Love her. And I'm so pleased I found you. You make big concepts easy to understand and are on the top of the latest research. Your philosophy on nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle are totally in line with mine. I'm sure we will collaborate one day. I love your upbeat personality and truly a fun listening to you and your awesome guests, even though I'm halfway around the world in Hong Kong. Oh, you're not in Spain. You're in Hong Kong. Okay. I'm so excited to hear 90 more of your podcasts all downloaded in my phone for easy access. I have no idea how many podcasts I'm done, so I guess I've done 90 (laughs) and counting. Keep up the good work and sharing your incredible health hacks, and best of luck to your son in his recovery. Thank you so much, Zora. And for those of you who don't know, of course, I wrote the Miracle Mindset about my son's traumatic brain injury, um, in the hopes that our story can help everyone facing adversity, whether it's you know it's something like that or what we all like. It's what how we all we all face stuff every day in life. That's just the way it is. Um, but recently, my son re-injured his brain with a uh, toxic metal, heavy metal toxicity, acute poisoning. And so we are getting him back from that. And I just say, you're like a cat with nine lives. It's crazy. Um, But, you know, never once have I looked at that and went, oh, oh, gosh, I guess I guess that's it. It's like, all right, now what do we need to do? And we just keep peeling the onion. so, you know, never give up is my takeaway on that. And again, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that this served you well and gave you some fresh, awesome new information that you can take action on. You know, I strive to give you just the latest awesome scientifically based information. And this information is super powerful when you put it into action. So that's my big mantra for today is go out there, take something you learned, put it into action, and make a difference. Alrighty, see you next time. Bye.